Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the AC Report. Chicken man in Philly last night, and he blew up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do. Now there's trouble busting in from out of state, and the DA can't get no relief. Gonna be a rumble on the promenade And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth Everything dies, baby, that's a fact But maybe everything that dies someday he comes back Put your makeup on, fish your hair up Yes, it is time for the AC Report, our weekly look at what's happening in Monopoly City, one of the most interesting towns, one of the most interesting cities in the world, quite frankly. There's not a city that is quite like Atlantic City anywhere, and I am just thrilled that we are joined by one of Atlantic City's newest public servant, the newly elected, newly sworn in at-large city councilman for Atlantic City. He also happens to be the founder of the Northside Small Business Academy, and he's already making a lot of waves in Atlantic City. Bruce Weeks, councilman, thanks so much for joining me on the radio. I know it's early. Uh, yes, uh, good morning, Frank, um, and good morning to your listening audience. It's very early for me, yeah. <laughs> now, i got to <laughs> tell you, I, I did some uh, homework on you, and I, I asked a lot of friends that I have in Atlantic City, uh, both in the political realm and outside of the political realm, about you. And uh, I, I don't know, you've got them all fooled, because I heard rave reviews uh, from Democrats, from Republicans, from non-political people all about you, and uh, people have pretty... Pretty high expectations for you as a, as a councilman. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Um, and a lot of that is just, you know, establishing good relationships with, with people throughout the years. Um, and just, you know, being a fair person throughout the community, being active and involved in things. And, um, you know, looking to continue that as I, as I you know, begin my journey on council. So um, for People listening outside of Atlantic City that might not have a councilman at large, that means you're elected not from one particular district, but you're elected to represent the whole city. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. So we have um, six uh, uh, designated wards. I, I guess you would be the equivalent of a district in Atlantic City. So we have six ward council people, and we have three um, at large, which, which gives us a total of nine council people in the body. 
Now, you grew up in Atlantic City. You were a graduate of uh, Atlantic City High School. You come from a very distinguished Atlantic City family. For people that haven't been there either ever or in a while, what makes Atlantic City so unique as a place to live in, a place to grow up in, as a place to visit, as a place to raise a family? What makes Atlantic City special? Well, what makes it special is, is the Atlantic Ocean and the boardwalk, um, and as you mentioned, the casinos. Um, but there's also, uh, you know, a comfortable living here in Atlantic City. It's a, it's a slower pace. You know, it's South Jersey. It's a beach town. Um, but we see a lot of action. You know, we get a lot of entertainment shows and beach concerts and things of that nature. Um, so it's kind of like a tale of two cities. You know, we, we have, a, a, you know, 40,000 residents that live here. Um, but we also, you know, receive millions of visitors a year as well. And it's only 48 blocks, of, you know, in Atlantic City. So it's a very dense, uh, you know, dense, dense city when it comes to the summertime, you know, during the busy, the busy months. But in the off season, it's very quiet. Um, it's, it's a great place to live. Um, it's a great place to raise a family. Your father, also named Bruce Weeks, was the first black chief municipal judge in Atlantic City. He was the first black lawyer to become an assistant city solicitor. And uh, he was the first full-time municipal public defender in state history. Now, your dad passed away, unfortunately, but he's something of a a local legend in Atlantic City. I have to think those are some uh, pretty big shoes to fill. What was it like growing up as the son of, uh, of Bruce Weeks? It was great. I mean, I, I, I always call myself, I was one of the lucky uh, kids in Atlantic City. I had both of my parents. Uh, as, as you mentioned, my father was a judge. My mother was a nurse. Um, and he was just a very humble, uh, down-to-earth person. If you ever saw him outside the courtroom, you would never think that he was a judge. Um, you know, he drove a very basic car. Um, you know, he wore the same clothes every day when he got off of work. He played the lotto every day. Um, he, you know, he was very active in, in, in our lives also. Um, you know, he attended all of our sporting events. Um, you know, he was just a very active parent and a, a very great role model, as you could imagine, growing up. Um, and what made it easy was that a lot of people uh, found him very fair. Um, so, you know, the public perception of him was always of, of high sentiment from folks. So that made it easier for us because, as you said, you know, a lot, everyone knew who he was. Um, so it was a great thing that um, he had a great reputation. Um, so, that, you know, that tends to trickle over into the home if it's a negative thing. So, um, you know, I was very appreciative of the way he carried himself um, and all the examples that he set. It was really a great blueprint for for the entire family. You, I had read, actually, before getting elected, in addition to working in finance here in New York City, you spent some time working at the casino cage at Harrah's. Uh, what, did, what did you do? Did you exchange chips for cash? Were you a dealer? What did you do? Yeah, so so I was a cashier, so I, I exchanged uh, chips for cash. You know, we did uh, currency exchanges, markers, uh, cash advance. Um, you know, we did the whole the whole gamut. You know, gamut of uh, of I guess financial services within the casino. Um, but it, it was a, it was an interesting experience. Uh, you know, moving back to New York from New York to Atlantic City um, and, and ending up in the casino. Um, I actually, at one point, was working for the city of Atlantic City as an accountant uh, full-time, but then at the same time working at Harris part-time. So I was working seven days a week, um, and it, it's a lot of energy in a casino, as you can imagine. Um, Harris has a great culture, um, so I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and you get to learn uh, you know, all the different operational aspects of the casino industry. 
Um, so I just tried to soak in as much as I could while I was there, um, and, I, and I truly did enjoy my time there. You are getting a lot of attention already, even though you've only, only been in office for 26 days, and uh, quite a reputation being um, as being independent. Now, you ran on a Democratic ticket with the mayor, Marty Small, and his team, uh, but apparently uh, they're saying that you split with your running mate, George Tibbet, and voted Aaron Randolph for council president. Also, um, it's the Atlantic City, the press of Atlantic City reported that you criticized the mayor's uh, policy that council members can't take constituent issues directly to department heads. Instead, they have to take their concerns to the council president uh, and to uh, the business administrator. Uh, what's going on with you? Are you uh, disloyal all of a sudden? What's your deal? Um, I, I don't want to call it disloyal because I work for the people. I was elected by uh, the residents and the, and the stakeholders in Atlantic City. Um, yes, we all ran together um, and we agreed to uh, agree on certain things, certain issues. Uh, however, um, I don't want to step into politics and just be a follower. So if there's something that I believe is is bad policy, I don't want to promote that. I don't want to perpetuate an environment where um, it's the same old, same old, uh, you know, normal course of business, you know, in the political scene in Atlantic City. Um, and they kind of knew that going into it. I always had my own mind. I was always an individual, uh, but I know how to be a team player. Um, so just because I may have voted a certain way early on doesn't mean that when good policies come across the desk that I won't uh, support those. It's just that what has been presented thus far uh, in front of me, uh, when I was able to analyze it and look at it as a whole, it's just something when I look back at it, I don't want to regret having promoted it and voted yes for it because residents are going to hold you accountable. And I always have a reasoning for doing uh, voting yes or no for something. I don't just blindly follow a trend or what's popular. Um, and I don't want to be a follower um, as a public leader. All right, we're talking with Bruce Weeks, newly elected councilman at large in Atlantic City, elected by all the people of Atlantic City. I guess one of the most controversial issues in Atlantic City over the course of the last decade or so has been the issue of state control. For the last decade, Atlantic City, or a little less than the last decade, Atlantic City has been uh, basically run by the state of New Jersey. And there's a, a big dichotomy, both within Trenton and within Atlantic City, about whether that's the right approach. Do you think Atlantic City should be able to control its own finances and its own destiny, or do you think that the state control of Atlantic City has been a good thing? Um, so I, I believe that at some point um, the state is, is going to have to hand over the keys back to local government. Um, however, I think that about a year or two ago, um, it kind of became a good thing from a finance perspective for the city. Um, there were more internal controls put in place. Uh, you know, Atlantic City government became more operationally uh, efficient. Um, so there are pros and cons of, of state control. Um, obviously, there's a lot more bureaucracy. So, you know, council meeting minutes have to be approved by the state. They can veto certain vote, uh, you know, votes by council. Um, they oversee the budget. They get last say on certain things. So it kind of slows up. Uh, the government, but it, it also ensures that everything, you know, all the, all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed. So um, I can truly say it, it's kind of, uh, uh, there are a lot of pros and cons. It all depends on what aspect of government you're examining. Um, but I do believe that after this next four years are completed, that Atlantic City is going to be on much better footing. 
at which point I do envision uh, that being the exit point for the state um, out of control of Atlantic City. It's no secret that Atlantic City, like a lot of cities around the country, are facing Atlantic City's facing a lot of challenges. Atlantic City may be facing more than others with the increased competition of gambling from nearby jurisdictions. What do you think the biggest problem is or maybe the biggest challenge within those 48 blocks of Atlantic City is? And uh, what do you what's your plan to tackle whatever you think the biggest challenge is? Uh, so, so one of the biggest challenges uh, in Atlantic City is public safety right now. Um, there, there's a lack of, you know, our police force was, was drastically reduced over the years. Um, and, and as I stated earlier, we, we receive a lot of visitors and a lot of transient uh, issues from other cities, uh, which kind of dovetails into my other point, uh, my next point, which is, you know, we, we have a lot of different social services that are offered in Atlantic City that aren't offered in our neighboring towns. Um, so we have this thing called it's called Greyhound therapy, where if if someone's you know has a trouble pass or they they face addiction or anything of that nature, they get sent to Atlantic City on a one way bus ticket and they they're told to go figure it out because we have a landscape of services for them, um, and, and that kind of you know helps to uh, exacerbate the problems and crime that we may have or the loitering that we may have issues that we may have that may deter businesses from wanting to move to Atlantic City. Um, but it also creates a lot of pressure on our public safety, uh, you know, uh, professionals, you know, both fire and police. Um, so we need to ramp, you know, find creative ways to work with, uh, you know, the higher legislative body um, to bring back a lot of the revenues that get intercepted away from Atlantic City. Uh, they go to Trenton or to go to Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. Um, and, and what has been encouraging in the recent months is that we've seen legislation be presented that would actually return money back to Atlantic City to help mm. fund things such as public safety. So that's encouraging to see. Um, it's long overdue, and um, that's going to really help set us on the correct footing because Atlantic City is not broke. It's just the system is broken within Atlantic City mm. economically. And once that, you know, once we are honest about that and we're able to address it the proper channels, um, I think you're going to see Atlantic City again. Be, be positioned to be in a, a better footing in the future. So I, I love that phrase, and I don't think I've heard it before, Greyhound therapy, where the mm-hmm. the generosity of social services, whether it's drug treatment or um, or any other sort of social services, serves as a magnet to attract certain people to Atlantic City from all around the state, maybe even all around the region, and then businesses are a little less likely to want to open in Atlantic City because they don't want to be overrun with 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 crime, homelessness, blight and things like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Is there a way one of the things I like about Atlantic City is that uh, in spite of um, issues with, uh, you know, crime and public safety, as you mentioned, there's still a great deal of charm. You don't see a Starbucks on every corner and a, a Chase Bank branch on every corner. You go to so many other cities and they, they all look the same. It's the same Dunkin Donuts, the same McDonald's, the same chain restaurant. Is there a way to solve the problems related to public safety or drugs or uh, blight or anything else that you're describing while at the same time preserving the charm and the uniqueness of what makes Atlantic City so special? Um, so, so yeah, Atlantic City has a very uh, unique culture um, and fabric, I guess you could say. Um, and, and as we look to, to, to move Atlantic City forward, 
one of the things that we must do, as you mentioned, we must preserve the character that makes Atlantic City unique. And, and we mentioned earlier that I, I founded the Northside Small Business Academy. Uh, the Northside was a section of town uh, in the mid-20th century that uh, really thrived as a small business community. Uh, we had, you know, a lot of the mom-and-pop shops, you know, cleaners, banks. Uh, you know, we had our own nightlife uh, section of, of town. And it was all just natural, homegrown small businesses. Um, and that's kind of went away, you know, when the casinos came. And um, a lot of business didn't trickle off, you know, outside the casinos and, and into the community. Um, so so one of the, the primary focus of the academy uh, is to train residents from A to Z uh, through, you know, nine to ten weeks on how to start a business, how to run a business. And we have different subject matters and different evenings. Um, but we also want to uh, have nights uh, and sessions that teach about the history of the North Side and how it thrived. And so that, you know, some of the younger generation of people who may have moved, just moved to Atlantic City have a better understanding that, you know, Atlantic City has a rich fabric and we have a, a unique culture that we need to preserve um, as we, again, look to move Atlantic City forward. We don't, we don't want to forget our past. Um, but to your other point about public safety, um, it's really tough to attract new development. It's really tough to attract new homeowners and people who want to move their families to Atlantic City if they don't feel safe, if they don't think the city's clean. I think that's brass tacks. We have to, we have to make sure that our foundation is strong so that all the other things can follow um, because it's, it's, very, it's going to be unsustainable uh, to attract all these grand developments if everything around it is chaos, in my opinion. So uh, we need to take care of, of, of the foundation first. Um, and make sure that's sturdy, and then we can look to, you know, make everything else around it better. But, again, uh, we, we must be more, more safe and we must be more clean, in my opinion. Since Atlantic City changed their form of government in 1981, they've had seven mayors. Now, four of the last seven mayors that we've seen in Atlantic City have faced criminal charges, including Marty Small's predecessor, Frank Gilliam. Marty Small himself, he w- he had been arrested previously, never convicted, though, I want to make that very clear. But four out of seven mayors facing criminal charges. I mean, a lot of people look at that and they say, hey, what's going on in Atlantic City? In your opinion, Bruce, if I can call you Bruce, does Atlantic City have a problem with public corruption? Um, I would say, I mean, that's a very small sample size for the amount of mayors that we've had over the course of the history of Atlantic City. Um, and I think if you look at a lot of different municipalities that have big names or, uh, or big large cities, you know, you're going to see corruption uh, at some point within those governments. Unfortunately, that's just the law of numbers in, in politics, unfortunately. Um, I don't think that, I think a lot of that just has to do with the individual. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with Atlantic City. Um, I know that there is a, a you know, the boardwalk empire culture, uh, as some may say, but, um, you know, again, that, that's, that's another reason why I want to be an independent thinker and, and kind of set myself away from, from what the status quo is, because it's, it's very easy, as I guess you could say, to get caught up in some of that. Um, and I don't want to ever forget why I, I chose to be and, and, and want to serve the city of Atlantic City. Um, and we want to make sure that people want to be civically engaged. And, and some of the things that you just spoke about are the reasons why our voter turnout is, is low from, because they always see mm. these things happen every four years or so, and they lose confidence in the government. They think their vote doesn't matter. They think it's the same old, uh, you know, politician that, that's going down a corrupt path. Um, and, and I want to say that, you know, since Mayor Small has taken office, 
since that, you know, since Mary Gilliam, I think Mary Schmall has done a great job overall. Um, I think, you know, he's done a, he's done a great job, uh, you know, bringing in the development, um, doing a lot of community programming, uh, and, and trying to reestablish our recreation for our youth and seniors. I think that's very important uh, for the overall quality of life for Atlantic City. Final question, and it is my toughest question. Gun to your head. I'm not going to let you out of this interview without answering it. If you have to pick, and then we're going to make you have to pick, your absolute favorite restaurant in Atlantic City, what is it? Wow. Wow, that's tough. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Kelsey's on Pacific Avenue and on Pacific and New York Avenue. It's called Kelsey's. Um, it's it's uh, Southern Cuisine, comfort food, um, really good atmosphere. They have live music. Um, they have great, you know, top-of-the-line brunch on Sundays, buffet. Um, I, I would encourage anyone listening to please uh, patronize if you're making a trip to Atlantic City. Uh, there's always a line uh, down the street. It's called Kelsey's. It's on Pacific and New York Avenue's. Kelsey's it is. All right. Uh, Council member Bruce Weeks. Uh, hopefully I'll see you the next time I'm down there and uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting again on the radio very soon. Appreciate you taking the time to join us.